does this for history. The sisters are going to win gold together. The Olympic champions, world champions, world record holders. They defend their title and they break the world record. Well done, Australia. Two gold medals on the opening night. The winner is Cindy. Australia has won the gold medal in the women's sevens rugby. Yes, she did get it. I was right. Pearson is the Olympic champion. They What do you think we come here for? Silver? Stuff the silver, we come for the gold. This is a famous victory, a magnificent performance. What a legend. What a champion. Mesdames and messieurs, welcome to the Sitting on Our Rings podcast. It's great to be back. I am, of course, your host, Brendan. And as always, joined by my faithful, you know, companion in all things Olympic, Trent. Say hello, Trent. Hello, Trent. <laughs> there he is. It's been a little while. And we're once again joined by our Master of Ceremonies, uh, Andrew Sillens from Sydney. How are you, my friend? Oh, yeah, I'm all right. I want my cauldron, though. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's keep that powder dry for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're here obviously to um, run the slide rule over the opening ceremony that we witnessed last night for the Beijing 2022 Olympic Winter Games um, that are now officially underway. Less than what is it? Six months? Less than six months? Mm, also after months, yeah. we had a summer games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're, we're that spoiled at the time, moment. That unusual time. Yeah, we're spoiled at the moment. Two Olympics in in two calendar years. Yeah, and I've got a Commonwealth Games this year. Commonwealth as well. Games this year? Question mark on the next one, but <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about that in a later episode, <laughs> I'm sure. So yeah, we're just going to do what we did for the Tokyo opening ceremony um, back in July, and just sort of give our thoughts and impressions and. And yeah, our overall opinions on on the opening ceremony we watched last night. I, I think I'll say overall, I I did like it, but it also left me wanting in a yeah, big way, it, which which Andrew alluded not, to before. Yeah, but we'll not, get to that. It's not one for the ages, I don't think. But no, so appropriate maybe for how the world is at the moment, the situation. Yeah, and and. See, for me, it's sort of a rock and a hard place. Like, there was a lot of projection work mm. <clears throat> last night, which looks great. It really does. Like, it looks really, really good. Particularly, like, last night's the best projection work I've ever seen. Mm. Like, the, the 3D effects and yes. the flying effects. And it was amazing. But at the same time, like... I was, I was saying to Jess, my wife, this morning when she asked me how it was and everything, and I kind of compared it to how I feel about Christmas lights. I, I think Andrew might be with me on this one. I don't know. How, you're not the... You you like Christmas lights, yeah. don't you, Trent? Yes. But yeah. See, the, you know, the thing the last handful of years is you see these houses that have got like your, your top of the line, like RGB, you know... Um, and it's all synced to music and it's all very blocky and animations and and all that kind of stuff and 
I get the appeal. Like, I really do. Like, it looks spectacular. But you could have the a house that's got, like, the most high-tech whiz-bang sync to music projections and, and all that kind of stuff. And then you could have a house next to it that's got your old-school fairy twinkle lights, your plastic blow mold <laughs> ornament, you know, your wooden cutouts. Yeah. And I'll go for that every time. Yeah. And that's how I kind of feel about last night is I really liked what I saw. It looked stunning and spectacular and the technological side of it is mind-boggling. It really is, like full credit to them. But I missed, and I'm look, I'm sure it's because of COVID and, and keeping cast numbers down and everything, but I missed seeing a cast mm. doing amazing things. Yep. And my favourite, we can run through them later on, but after we give our overall thoughts, but my favourite moments of last night were the moments that had the people on the field performing stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that that's my overall. We'll, we'll leave we'll leave the, the lack of flame in the room <laughs> till the end. But, yeah, that, that's kind of my overall thoughts. What, a, what, what about you, Andrew? What's your sort of overall feelings on it? Uh, well, I, I agree with you about the whole uh, projection thing. Like, at what point do we just get someone to animate the whole thing and we just watch CGI? Mm, like, mm. We may as well, right? May as well not even be in a stadium, huh, Paris? <laughs> not. No, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, overall, I think... Um, Keeping, take, taking into account that it is the Winter Olympics and it's not 2008, I thought it was pretty good. Yep. Like, it was definitely one of the stranger winter openings in that they really didn't, I, I think you kind of mentioned this um, last night, Brandon, there didn't really seem to be much of a cultural um, No component to it um and and when you mentioned it i, I suddenly I, I, I was expecting it to be i guess before the speeches that's typically what happens well that that's the thing i've okay. noticed with a lot of the winter ones is i guess because of the temperature <laughs> and everything like they'll have a little bit of a you know like your your anthems, your introduction to the dignitaries, that kind of stuff. They'll usually have like some sort of a little cultural thing. They'll bring the athletes in earlier than, than a summer games opening usually does. Then they'll have yeah. a big cultural thing. Then they'll kick off with the formalities with your speeches and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, the flag, yeah. the flame, everything else like that comes after. But this one kind of just had, yeah, like it had like that little bit of flair then the athletes came in, then it was kind of like straight into the formalities. It, it, it didn't have a, that big cultural thing. Yeah, it was missing that, that middle part. And, and as you mentioned it last night, um, it was during the speeches, and I was, I was saying, yeah, it usually comes up about, oh, wait, now. and <laughs> mm. should be seeing that now. So, yeah. Because, um, yeah, like for the listeners, it was the same as, as Tokyo. Um Last year, Trent came over and, and crashed at my place last night. So we watched it together. 
Um, and we were constantly messaging in our group chat with Andrew. So it was mm. like the three of us watching it together, but we were just mm. in separate locations. <laughs> and different time zones. Different. <laughs> well, that, w- that was the other thing that I must admit, I kind of appreciated that it it was kind of cut down a little bit is because like, yeah, it's, for, I mean, for you, the ceremony itself didn't start till 11. Um, it was 10 here. I've got a nine month old. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm amazed I was able to sit up and watch the whole thing. I thought for sure I was going to drift off at some point, but yeah. So in that aspect, I didn't mind it being a little bit cold, but you know, it's still. Cut, just cut the um, athletes out altogether, if you ask me. <laughs> well, that is you with an Olympics. You you are a strange. <laughs> All those late comers, like. That's all they are. <laughs> what about you, Trent? What what was your overall? Uh, I mean, I think I'm probably agreeing with you and Andrew on that. That it was quite a subdued opening ceremony. Not there wasn't that much cultural aspect to it. Mm-hmm. But you know, as I was reading before and after, you know, I think there was only about three thousand performers there mm-hmm. when in. Oh, wait, they had 15,000. So yeah. they just had to limit the amount of people on the field involved, I guess, because of all the COVID restrictions. Because this Olympics has one of the, the toughest Olympic, you know, bubbles of any sporting event in the world. China are very strict on that. Mm. Um, so I think... China the, being strict on something? <laughs> that never happens. What? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we can't really do any peng shui. No. Here, can we? <laughs> um, I, I like the ceremony... Uh, I thought of bringing out the athletes quite early mm. um, like that was um, uh, not every opening ceremony has it in the order where they bring it, the athletes out so early. And mm. I know it's not your favorite part of an opening ceremony. So I was always looking across at you just to see if you'd falling asleep. Because I know it's <laughs> the time when, you'd, when oh, you could have a quick things. snooze. I, I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. I do. But it's usually... For us, opening ceremonies are usually really late at night. Mm. And it's just kind of like, oh, my God, like, can we just light the flame so I can go to sleep? <laughs> like, that's normally how I feel. Like, can we get to the stuff that I'm, you know, but not not taking away anything from the athletes. And I, I do appreciate it. It's just mm. usually it's a slog because, well, particularly in the summer games, like the Parade of Nations itself goes for two hours mm. almost. Mm, mm. Um, so it is, it is tough. Mm. But... You know, you know, and I'm, I'm actually now after um, Pyeongchang and Tokyo getting an understanding of the, you know, the way Asian alphabets work now. Oh, like it still with, does my head in. I can't <laughs> work it out. You know, because you can you can have a whole lot of A's and you jump to an, a couple of N's, then you go to a B or an, a B and a P or something like that. I'm going, I kind of working it out now. A lot of the A's are at, towards the back. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I, like, I enjoyed that. It, was, it felt it didn't go as long as what other ceremonies probably have previously, but I guess the weather is always a factor. Yeah. You don't want to keep people out in the cold for too long. No. And I, I did appreciate too. I think when we were talking about Tokyo, I don't know if I said it on the show or just t- talking about it in general around that time last July, it felt very sterile. For an opening ceremony, the Tokyo one mm-hmm. did. I mean, obviously, not having people in the in the stands added to that. But mm-hmm. I will say, for another ceremony in the times of COVID, only six or so months later, it didn't feel as sterile. It did feel, yes. even with the lack of performers, it did feel more like a an old, well, I say old school or more traditional mm-hmm. opening ceremony in that regard. It didn't feel as as yeah 
as barren, I uh, guess, as the Tokyo one did. Yeah. Um, I really liked um, the snowflakes with the hologram of the country surrounded by the snowflake. Brought oh, in the, when the, the placards. And that, the placards yeah. on the parade. I thought that was... I always look forward to seeing how the country's names are going to be carried in. I, yeah. I, I really liked mm. Rio's ones, to be honest, with, you know, on the bike with the I was going to say they had the bikes, didn't they? With the spinning ones. Yeah. Know, like, you know, I always thought that was great. And, you know, going back to Glasgow Commonwealth Games, the country's they had the little on, dogs. on, on little, the little Scottish dogs. The that was cool. They had their, their um, the coats. Yeah. That's always a, a, something that I look forward to at each opening ceremony for a sporting event like that to see how the country's names are going to be brought in. And I thought the snowflake concept was really good. That was cool. Which, like, of course, formed part of something for us to discuss later. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, if, if we want to sort of start diving into specifics a little bit, like, I, you know, my, my highlights for me personally, I'm, I don't know, you know, you guys can, can share yours as well or, or jump in if, if you, you know, agree with some, some of my thoughts. But, like, I mean, I liked the opening where they had the all those performers with the big neon poles and mm. stuff. Like, that was cool. Like, oh, because yeah. it was incorporating real-life performers with the projections and stuff, and it looked stunning. It did, yeah. Um, it, al- it almost looked like it was an animation. But it did. W- when you can see the people d- down the bottom of, of there, you know that it was real, but it almost looked like an animation. Well, it's like... Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and it was it was the same back in 08. Like, the, everything that they do with these ceremonies in China, it's the words that come to mind is, like, militant precision. Mm. Like... It it is so mm. like even the, the athletes oaths last night. I was just like, they are. It's like watching synchronized diving, but yep. verb like they are so in sync with each other. It's kind of There's, weird. There but would be a lot of sword synchronized che- ceremony. Yeah, there'd be yeah. A, lo- a lot of sore cheeks and jaws in in, in Beijing <laughs> this morning with the amount of smiling that went but, on last um, night. Yeah, like I love that, and I loved how they you know they eventually formed the um, oh what do you call those flowers the. The ones that you blow and the the thistles go everywhere. Um, they're not a dandelion. Like, like, yeah, like dandelions. They're a dandelion. Have become thistles. Yeah. 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 Like I loved how it formed the flower and like you know the wind blew the thistles everywhere and stuff like that was really that was really effective mm. and really cool. Um, as far as the projection work, I, I I have to admit I did like the segment with the block of ice or like yeah, the, I was, the that was yeah, really. I was cool. just going to say that's my favorite part. I thought and that seems to be from reading a lot of comments and on social media and stuff about everyone's favorite parts. That was a lot of people love the, the, th- the ice cube coming up out of the ground yeah. and then the Olympic ring. So sm- like that thing, like yeah. it was like, there was barely a millimeter between, you know, the trap door that it came out of and the actual object itself. Like it was so seamless. Yeah, exactly. And then the Olympic rings emerging out from the top of that. Yeah, or the parade of nations and how it looked like it. Yeah. the ice was cracking, cracking and crumbling to form. Like yeah, that that I can really appreciate. It yeah. was so clever and, and so you know, pretty. A new concept to you know that's never I haven't really seen that before around somewhere. So mm. I thought that was really ingenious. I liked that. That was one of the favorite parts of diving. That ceremony. seems it was to be also really reminiscent of 2008 when the the uh, rings looked like they were being projected onto the floor when they suddenly were peeled off and raised. Mm-hmm. It's, start. that's something that I've, I'm just trying to think sort of when it really, be, I'm thinking maybe even Torino back in 2006, like having that structure of an Olympic rings and the reveal and everything, that's yeah. become a real thing of, of 
of um, ceremonies recently. Yeah, mm. but I mean, the summer ones kind of do it as well. Like I know London had the big, the big rings. Um, Athens kind of did with the the. Yes no, they all they all have. I think it's actually a requirement that they all have to uh, show the Olympic rings in the mm. first segment or two in some way, and and pretty much every games has done that i mean in sydney we did that with horses oh man sydney Everyone did it in mu- with multiple things i did it with horses people yeah. with lawnmowers the arrival segment formed the rings they had the projection of the rings but oh, in terms yeah, but of a solid that, structure that first segment usually is um that that's the tradition but with with the winter games they they make it more um a more giant um permanent fixture of the staging yeah in the in the stadium so yeah like like you said it kind of started with uh torino yeah and i mean vancouver they just kind of had rings as part of the it was just there like it was part of their staging but again it was a big solid structure um i'm not like it's something i actually quite like with with summer or winter games like i i kind of like that that's a thing now of like how are they going to reveal the Mm. olympic rings like it's Mm. not just you know kids forming them on the on the field like, yes. or performers yeah. forming it it's it's like how are they going to unveil big, that and i like concept. that yeah. yeah which is which is a nice touch yeah. and they this might be my favorite after yeah. last night the reveal of the rings was it was it was so seamless and so precise the way it it did because it genuinely made it look like the ice was melting mm. and then the rings were like being exposed like you know Hidden inside the inside the ice cube as yeah. it was melting, and there's the rings. So that 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 part was in terms, like I said, in terms of the projection, my favourite. Um, <clears throat> I did like, again, it involved people. Like I liked the little performance that all the placard carriers did with the placards and how they formed the snowflake. Again, mm. a lot of projection work, but it started with it was that meshing of of live performance with with the projections. Um, and and my other my third favorite part was um, before the the cauldron got there the way they did the dove like because that's right. another thing they always do the the dove the symbol of peace mm. um, all the it was I think it was six hundred kids mm. all with like the inflatable doves and stuff what they were doing again it was the really nice meshing of the the real and the technology like it was like a you're probably going to better explaining this than, than me, Andrew, but like it was like a mocap, like smart screen, like on the ground where like it literally followed the kids where they were going, like, you know, where they'd step, mm. the ground would react yeah. and it would look like a flurry of snowflakes mm. or whatever, like that, you know, almost like a, like a touch screen essentially. And mm. that was I like, seeing that done on that scale like that was spectacular mm. and it, it did that was a really really cool effect um so they they were amazing. my they were my highlights um so i don't know if you guys want to list anything else or, or tack on any thoughts but well just just on the uh the projections again a, a lot of them a lot of the time you you found yourself questioning what was real and what wasn't and it's amazing yeah, because like there are some things, and this is this is what, something I don't like of ceremonies recently, is there's a lot of pre-filmed stuff or a lot of yeah. stuff that's 
just for TV audiences. Like, I mean, even last night with the snowflakes, they had like the snowflakes falling down. It's like, well, they can't see that in the stadium. Mm. Like, that's you know, what's the point? Mm. If you mm. you know, it, it's meant to be for them, and mm. we're just watching it. So, but yeah, the, the, a lot of the projections were like the 3D work and stuff. It was it was insane. Mm. Oh yes, those 3D snowflakes at one point. I can't remember where that was in the in the ceremony, but. That was amazing. Trent, you got anything you want to... Um, I mean, I was just thinking back, you know, to the ground and uh, when they were, the you know, the faster, higher, stronger together. And that yep. was following the people, like following the performance as they were moving along there, revealing it from mm-hmm. coming from one side to the other. I quite like like that part as well. And I just like thinking and wondering if, you know, because Together was obviously added for the Tokyo Games yeah. to unite the world after COVID, whether Together is going to be a permanent oh, it thing. Is. It, it has is. been oh, made yeah. permanent. When, when they announced it, it was it was like, this is the Olympic motto. Okay, and I so like Together's it. Together has yeah, been added. I, I wondered if it were, mm. uh, I was just thinking to myself, was that, is it going to be permanently added now? Because like, yeah. I guess it's still relevant from Tokyo, you know, six months ago. So I wonder what, because it's Sidious, Altius, Fortius. I wonder what the togetherness is. Yeah, I, <laughs> that, that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, well, that okay, well, that's good that that's being permanently added to it. Yeah, now. but uh, I mean, I and I quite like that part as you know they move from one side to the other and them being tracked like that. Mm. But what you know, once again, using you know holograms and lights and that in. In play, in, on the screen like that for us to see. Yeah, no, it was all it was all very like what they did was very well done. It, it was just not what I was expecting. But again, in the times of COVID, like what are you going to do? Mm. You know, um, it it does like the way that technology is and everything. I do think of like, geez, what's it going to be like in ten years' time in Brisbane? Mm. Like, hopefully, in a touch wood. You know, we won't still have to be wearing masks and, you know, COVID will just be like a flu, something that mm. we just, it's just there and it's not, mm. you know, we don't need to lock down. You, all the, you know, it's just mm. life is back to, you know, quote unquote normal. Yeah, you know, in a um, hundred years, we're looking back <laughs> on press photos from the Tokyo Games and what with all those things across their yeah. faces. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. But, you know, it. What what is it going to look like? Because yeah. a, a friend messaged me last night when they were doing all the projection stuff. He's just like, you know, God, you know, this looks so amazing. What's Brisbane going to look like with technology, technological advancements in 10 years' time? And I'm kind of like, yeah, but also, you know, even in 10 years' time, I can't imagine Brisbane having the budget <laughs> that, that they had last <laughs> night. Um, and again, like going back to the Christmas light analogy, I, I hope to God, and I know I'll probably have to sell body parts to get there, I hope I'm in the stadium for that opening ceremony. Yeah. I don't want to sit there and just watch a light show. Yes. <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. I I want to watch performers and, and, and humans doing amazing things and stuff, not just yeah. a bunch of people who have programmed, not to take anything away from them because they're obviously the top of what they do, but just people programming stuff into a computer and pressing mm. play. Mm. I don't, I don't want to just see that. No, that's true. I mean, I guess Australia's always done performance in at sporting events. You know, the Commonwealth Games that we've had and the Olympics has been big performances stuff. But I guess 2018 Com Games time. is a good example where they used a lot of projection work, but it was all done like they projected, you know, the beach, 
mm. and they, they had like live people performing like they were at a beach and mm. the way they did at one point because the people who don't know the Gold Coast is quite famous for theme parks mm. they did a part where and it was similar to last night actually like it was 3D projections on the ground where it looked like people were riding a roller coaster mm. and it looked legit yes, you know yes. um, so like that kind of stuff I'm all for but I, d- I don't want it to be just so projection heavy mm. yeah um, I guess we'll probably you know know more after to see what Paris and Los Angeles do yeah. whether that's now going to be the way that opening ceremonies are going to go using don't get pro- Andrew started on Paris <laughs> using projections and lights because <laughs> yeah, of, uh, <laughs> of how cost effective it is because that's you know the Olympic charter now is you can't mm. have an Olympic game that's going to blow out a budget and especially you know opening and closing ceremonies is where a lot of money goes mm. and you know they don't want cities to become bankrupt from hosting yeah. a game because so, they want people to keep doing it you know is is you know is projections and lights going to be more cost effective rather than all the different performers in a the costs involved with that. a lot of yeah. everyone's volunteers but you know you've still got to ferry them around and costumes yeah. and feed and water yeah, and, so and everything else i think yeah paris and and los angeles will be interesting to see what they do at summer games as to what brisbane more so doing. more so los angeles because <laughs> the the sticking point with andrew and I, it is with all of us because we're traditionalists but i i'm i'm curious to see what it's going to look like but obviously since we've last all spoken together on the show, the announcement that that Paris, their opening ceremony is not going to be in a stadium. Mm. Um, it's going to be along the what's the water front? the Seine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that's it's going to be very, very, very different. Yeah, abs. Yeah, completely, completely different. So, yeah, we'll wait and see in three years what that looks like. But uh, no, yeah. two um, years, two years. You know, you know and is. Is this opening ceremony the turning point for how opening ceremonies are going to be where it's just going to be mostly projections, lasers, lights? Yeah. I hope not. Yeah. I I hope not too because I'm a traditionalist like you guys and I like the, you know, human performances and that kind of stuff and people carrying objects to form flowers, trees, fish, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it'll be interesting just to see the next 10 yeah the next decade the way the opening ceremonies go mm. um you know what the the ever since moscow 1980 um when cities actually started putting on shows for the mm. ceremony that has been the core element to these stadium shows is um participants um or you know performers um, doing the, making these mass uh, shapes and things that that you could only do in that sort of environment. Yeah, that makes you go, "Wow, how did they do that?" Or, "Gee, mm-hmm. that's clever." You start taking that sort of thing away, and you don't really have that unique of a show, like unique to that environment or that that stadium. So. That's kind of that, that's that's where my logic is with um, the, in, in terms of the way a stadium show should be or the ceremony how it should be the stadium start mm. um, is that if, if you play around with it too much then it's 
we're no longer dealing with the same. Thing. When does it stop being the thing that it's supposed to be? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I totally get that. It's, you know, I, I mean, with me being, you know, so, so heavily into pop culture, like, I hear that a lot about pop culture characters. Like, what you know, if you keep changing them so much, when do they stop being that core character? Yes. It's the same thing, you know, and I, I totally get yeah. that. And I hadn't thought about it that way, but you, you're spot on. Like, yeah. Us old traditionalists <laughs> are going to be shoved <laughs> off into Shady Pines, I think. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, one other thing that stood out to me last night, and and I know he's got his fans, but to me, I've always found him a bit dull. That's uh, old old <laughs> Thomas Bach, the IOC president. Um, 1976 Olympic gold medalist in fencing. <laughs> Don't forget that every I know. time. Every time. Every time. That seems to be a new thing too. Like they never introduced one like that or even no. Jacques. Like yeah, exactly. it was like just IOC cool. president Jacques Rogg. Like, I think that it's probably a clause that, Mr. Bark has in his contract now that has to be known as the 1976 Olympic gold medalist in fencing. But, um, yeah, like I said, he's normally to me just a little bit bleh, like yeah. just a bit dull in his speeches and everything. But I, I, it did start off like that last night. I was kind of like, oh, T Bark's talking, time to look at my yeah, Facebook or something. That's right. But it, one thing that did stand out to me as the speech went on is it was, it walked a really fine line. <laughs> Without naming countries or or specific potential atrocities or atrocities that are happening, but it was quite a political speech. Yes, uh, definitely. You know, that's been noted. Reading articles and articles stuff this and morning, yeah. Reviews that that is one of the most. That when specifically when you know the Olymp- the IOC is a very non-political. They have very strict mm. rules about any political stuff that comes anywhere around the Olympics with athletes and officials making no political statements mm. whatsoever. But that's the thing. It was, I to be honest, it kind of, my ears pricked up and I, I was in and I, I personally, I really liked it and I liked the message because, you know, anyone with half a brain knows exactly what he was talking about, particularly, you know, countries take, um, acknowledging the Olympic truce um, and giving peace a chance, uh, you know, I mean, we all know with Russia and stuff. We can, like, we can say countries' names. This is not going to be heard in the Ukraine or, <laughs> or Kazakhstan, I'm but, pretty sure. But yeah, like that's that's what he was talking about. And, and you know, and, and certain... Yeah, and Russia are lucky that they're there, to be honest. Well, don't, don't, don't. we had this conversation back last July. It's like <laughs> they're either banned or they're not. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I understand well, that not all the athletes... There. What's that? Sorry. Even Putin was there last night. Yeah, it's like I I understand that not all athletes are doping, but if you're going to send a message, like you need to send a message, like mm. they're there or they're not. I don't care what flag they're under, but they just, Russia should not be represented. That's just my opinion. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So I I actually applaud Thomas for that that speech. It was it was really really good, um, and that probably would have taken a lot of time to work on. You know, not naming countries, not naming specific situations, mm. but how to make it a universal message of peace to get the IOC's points of view across. As and he touched on that. discrimination as well, yeah. um, which is just relevant anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was very... It was probably the best speech I've seen him give. Um, 
So I was, I was very, very impressed. Yeah. And then, you know, in breaking out into the new Olympic anthem of Imagine. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Should we touch on that? Yeah. Because, you know, it feels that Imagine is now being broken out for... It's like the official, like unofficial Olympic anthem. Because was it in Pyeongchang? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so pretty th- sure it was. And obviously so the it last was in three. Tokyo. So three many games they've in a done. row. And- they were all, all Asian hosts too, interestingly. Yeah. I'm sure Yoko Ono is quite happy about Imagine <laughs> being used multiple times. Cha-ching. Anywhere to, yeah, <laughs> cha-ching. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, look, I, it's, a, it's a beautiful song, don't get me wrong. And out of the three ceremonies that it's been used, I actually think I liked last night's version the best. Mm. Um, but, yeah, when it started, I was like, oh, we're doing Imagine again. Okay. Yeah, it just, I just... Yeah. It feels like it's been embraced as as an Olympic anthem now. Like, unless they've done some kind of behind the closed doors deal with Yoko Ono that to bring it out. But, but I guess in look as long in, as she doesn't sing it, yeah. have you heard her sing Imagine? <laughs> I, ha- I have, I have. Right, Un- unfortunately, I have. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't know how I feel about it because I don't hate the song. Yeah, and the message of that song is always going to be relevant to an Olympic Games, to the Olympic movement, to an Olympic opening ceremony. Um, do I want to see it at every one? I'm still not sure. I guess mm. I guess it depends how it's used. But, yeah, I'm on the fence with Imagine. I don't hate it, but I also am just kind of like, this is really, it's becoming a trend now. Like, it's mm. where's this come from, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, look, by the time we get to Brisbane... That's not an Australian anthem. You, you're the voice. It'll be you, your the voice. You're the voice. It'll be your the voice. You're the voice <laughs> unites this country <laughs> at, at every pub on a Friday and a Saturday night, breaking out in karaoke or a cover band. So imagine it'll be gone and you're the voice will be back for Brisbane. John will be 83. Oh, God. In uh, 2032. He'll be kicking wow. on. There's, there's no way he's going to miss out on not performing that song somewhere <laughs> in Australia in 2032. Like, yeah. he's going to hang on for that, I'm pretty sure. I, I hope so. He's never allowed to pass away my John Farnham because <laughs> that will kill me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I guess um, the elephant in the room um, <laughs> that we've, <laughs> we've hint- Yeah, that we've hinted at is, of course... I think the three of us unanimously, our favourite moment of any opening ceremony is La Flamme Olympique, yeah. <laughs> the, the Olympic flame. Um, and I do, pardon me, I do remember, I was sitting there last night because I remember hearing, I remember if I read it or I heard it or whatever, like a week or two ago, one of the organisers or directors or whoever in the media was saying, it's going to be one of the most unique cauldron lightings in history. Yeah. They weren't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> lighting is a stretch. The word light but and cauldron is a stretch. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it if you're listening to this show, but all the placards that were carried in, um, they were all in the shape of snowflakes and each one was a unique snowflake. Which we, at the time, we all, all of us talked about, what Just, are these snowflakes going to do? Um, yeah, and well, we actually joked. We're like, are these snowflakes? Are these snowflakes going to form the cauldron? And are they uh, going to do a London? Yeah, because it, it's no secret. I don't think on this show that I 
am personally not a fan of the London Cauldron. I, to me, that's where Cauldron started to go downhill with London. Um, so th- it did make me. And then when they started doing everything and with those form the big snowflake, I even messaged. I'm like, this is making me real nervous. <laughs> Andrew's like sent a big laughing emoji, but. I loved the idea of the snowflakes forming the big snowflake and it being the backdrop for the speeches and everything. Like, I thought that was really nice and I genuinely liked it. But they were doing, unlike for the 08 ceremony, they were doing a lot of shots that encompassed the entire roof of the bird's nest. Mm. And I'm like, there's no cauldron there. No. (laughs) Like, it's not hidden like it was for 2008. Like... Mm. What, but there was always that big hole in the middle of the in the mm. stadium. I'm like, okay, you know, and there was that big wall that went up one side of the stadium. I'm like, okay, that could be something behind there. You know, we'll wait and see. And as the relay went on and they started running into the center, I'm like, oh, because it doesn't it doesn't look <laughs> like a cauldron. It no. just doesn't. It's not. It still doesn't. No. <laughs> can I? Can he be honest? It looks like a giant Christmas decoration. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it. I mean, snowflake. Yeah, I guess it does. Um, but then, like, it should have been a picture of their leader in the centre, <laughs> or Peng Shui. But I was. <laughs> but I was. There actually, I, we were joking. We found it was her. Just like, wouldn't that have been the best thing if she'd have come out and lit the call? Just like, here she is. Yeah, the whole world could know. Where is Peng Shui? Here she is. <laughs> Today she's okay. Well, surprise. <laughs> But no, I just, you know, and then they're running, they start running towards that giant snowflake. I'm like, okay, like, is the outside going to light up and be the flame? Like, mm. and it... You know, Which it, I think that they could have done. It well, look, it would have been different. Today's technology, that's something that could have been It would have been, been different, but I would have, I I don't think I would have hated it. Mm. Um You know, and they sort of just hoist that up a bit more and have it kind of on like almost a 45 degree angle. And the, all the countries being surrounded by the flame, like I would have been down for that. Kind of like how the the rings looked at the bottom of the LA cauldron, oh, how it was lit, yeah. you know, how they, yeah, surrounded it. Um, and then, yeah, the two torchbearers were um, elevated into the middle of the snowflake. I'm like, okay. And I could see a little, yeah. like a little something there that, you know, they were either going to touch the flame to, I expected them to touch the flame to. And then they placed the the single Olympic torch in the center of the snowflake. They start coming down and the snowflake starts rising up. I'm like, okay, the, kind of like Sydney. This is going to attach to something. Um, it's going to lift up and it's going to touch something that will ignite the cauldron. And then the fireworks start going off. <laughs> and I message in the group chat, I'm like, is that it? And then because of just, I think, because we were watching it um, through 7 Plus, um, so there's usually a, a maybe a 30-second or minute delay between the streaming and live TV, which I'm... Were you watching it on live TV, Andrew? I was, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you would message some, a few times just before it happened for us. Um, and then you're like, that is it. And I was like, what? Because when the fireworks all finished and they're like, this concludes the opening ceremonies. And I think collectively around the world everyone was well, everyone like us was just like huh? Huh? <laughs> like, they essentially just put it into a cup holder 
it's a torch holder. It, yeah, and it's then like, like a, our, a our commentators are like, and the Olympic flame is a lit and it'll shine over these athletes for the next 16 days. I'm like, nothing's a, nothing's a light. Right. And it's, it'll barely shine over one person. <laughs> it's like it's like a cigarette lighter. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's bizarre. And like in the Keep the Flame Alive pod, um, podcast group and stuff, like everyone's even one of the the ladies from that show, Jill. She was there in the stadium, and I I posted. I'm like, look. I do not want to sound disrespectful and shit over her experience of being at an Olympic opening ceremony, but that was the most underwhelming finale to an opening ceremony I have ever seen. And she she was there and she agreed. It was kind of reminiscent of the Academy Awards from last year when Best <laughs> I didn't Actor even watch it. When Best Actor was announced and Anthony Hopkins wasn't there and then and, and Wahim Phoenix goes, uh, I'll accept this award on his behalf and then fade to black. <laughs> but like, I was thinking about it this morning and I hadn't mentioned this to you yet, but like, I love, I love the Commonwealth Games and I love, mostly I love the Commonwealth Games opening ceremonies. The Commonwealth Games equivalent to the Olympic torch is the Queen's baton. Mm. And we, we've discussed this before, but like, the difference being there's just one baton mm. and it gets passed around to all the carriers, all the bearers around the world and its moment of arriving at the opening ceremony. The big moment for that is, like the Olympics, is who's going to be the final runner. Mm. They get it, stadium erupts, and then nothing happens because it's a baton. Like mm. what, what the baton does for, for listeners overseas who might not know is the queen at the start of the baton relay will write a message. Um, sometimes in recent years, it's done digitally. Like it'll be on a little card, like mm. a USB or whatever. Mm. Um, or sometimes she will still write a physical message. Mm. She places it in the baton and that gets carried all around the world, all around the Commonwealth yep. um, to arrive at the opening ceremony, given to the final runner. The final runner then traditionally will hand it back to the queen or her representative. So it's usually, it's either the Queen or Prince Charles. Mm. Um, and they open the baton and they read the Queen's message mm. to the Commonwealth mm. for for those, those specific games. I get it, but it's, it is kind of anticlimactic because the baton relay, when it's happening, is it's, I mean, 2018, it had the same buzz as the torch relay, mm. particularly up here in Queensland. Like, it was huge. Mm. It was getting wall-to-wall coverage for the couple of days before the games on Channel 7. They were just showing the baton relay Mm. like like they Mm. did the torch Mm. relay in 2000. Um, But it it kind of just then gets put in a holder and sits on a stage Mm. while someone reads out a message. It felt very reminiscent of that, except it was on fire. (laughs) But even the flame on the torch, and I understand like... I don't know the ins and outs, but the system they used in these torches, like it's it's more environmentally friendly, and and that's what some people are in support of this. They're they're making the argument of yeah, but they're not burning all this fossil fuel and and all like and look, I I get it, but it's not a cauldron. Like where like that you know that. It's the most underwhelming Olympic flame. Yeah, last night you can't call that a cauldron. It's no. Not. It's like a candle in a candlestick holder. It's a candle in a Christmas ornament. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Yeah, it's a candle. That's exactly what I've been thinking. It's a candle in a Christmas ornament. That's what it is. It, it's a bit like if we had all the athletes com- competing over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, but I mean, this is the thing, though. I mean, like, 
is that it? Or is 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 there somewhere in Beijing, like has been the tradition lately that we aren't fans of, but like is there going to be a secondary thing? There is. Oh, is there? Yeah, there is a replica of what's in the stadium outside the stadium. <laughs> oh, really? That's it? And yeah, there's just another torch it. in it? I think so, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Hopefully it doesn't melt the ice cube. <laughs> That's oh, to no. be honest, there's not an there's probably not enough heat there to melt a a a, a zooper duper, to be honest. So I can't sit melting the ice cube. That the, the concept just got even worse, didn't it? It did. <laughs> like I just I don't it blows my mind. Like that's it. Mm. I hope I, it, I will say with that with that um so called lighting so-called nothing was lit (laughs) that's the other thing all the headlines are like the cauldron has been lit it's like no a torch has been placed in an object nothing was lit (laughs) it left me feeling uh more confused uh than i had been during a ceremony since uh bjork's huge dress (laughs) or just bjork being there what the heck was that? <laughs> yeah, but, you know uh, what? I hope yeah, I hope totally it's not cool. setting a precedent. Though. Oh God, no! Because like, I said to my my, my mum messaged me this morning, and mm. she was just like, "Well, that flame was underwhelming." If my mum to say that, like, yeah, it's it's got to be underwhelming. And I was just like, "Don't even get me started." And she's like. Um, Debbie, Debbie's being political. <laughs> she said, and she goes, she messaged back. She's like, "Oh, you know, it won't be too long before Brisbane puts on a big spectacle." And I wrote back, I was like, "If they do that to the flame, I'll defect. Yeah. <laughs> I will leave this country in embarrassment." <laughs> I'm just, oh, anyway. Like, th- this is something I was thinking about, and I was going to put it in our group chat this morning. I'm like, actually, no, I'll I'll wait till the show so we can actually talk together now. This is the other mind-boggling thing of this. And like you said at the start of the show, like there's footage and images from this relay where they have, I mean, in, in Sydney, they were called community cauldrons. Oh, I don't know if that's still what they're called around the world. We'll, but We'll go with that for the purpose yeah, of this episode. community cauldrons. So like when they have the celebrations during the torch relay, instead of the torch, like the baton in the Commonwealth Games, just being placed in a holder on stage, they light a little cauldron <clears throat> and it burns for the duration of the celebration or if that's where the torch is overnight, like they'll usually keep that burning through the night and everything, you know, for the next day or the next leg of the relay. There's photos of the organizing, the head of the organizing committee that I sent into our group chat of the community <laughs> cauldrons and they're really pretty, like, and they're bigger. <laughs> and there's a, there's a, a flame. Yeah. Larger than my hand. It's bigger than what's in the friggin' stadium. <laughs> so it's like the community cauldrons exist. So that that part just blows my mind. So like, but this is the part I was thinking about this morning. Now, we're traditionalists and we've said this before. We said it about Tokyo and I know I've had conversations privately where, <laughs> conversations privately because this is what we talk about. Um, you know, with, with these big, they'll have like a, a replica cauldron in the stadium, <clears throat> pardon me, or or just for the ceremonies like Rio and, and Tokyo, 
which really shits me. <laughs> um, and there's no flame in the main stadium for the duration of the games. And they have a big, like the actual cauldron is somewhere in the city that people can go, like anyone can walk by and, and, and see the Olympic flame. <clears throat> I, I'm a traditionalist in that I think it should be a big cauldron that sits above the stadium that can be seen throughout the Olympic precinct. Mm. I, I genuinely do. Um, having having been to um, Vancouver and seen that cauldron around BC Place and everything, like, it's gorgeous. Like, it really is. So, I could only imagine what it was like in 2010 lit up. And, you know, if I... My love of the Olympics has got nothing to do... I'm not a wealthy person at all. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not in destitute, but you know, I'm, I'm not a wealthy, <laughs> yes. overly wealthy person. If I was living in an Olympic city and I was obsessed, as obsessed with the Games as I am but couldn't afford to go to an event because they're not cheap to go to, let's mm. be honest. That's why... Brendan and I are saving our money. Yeah, now. I've already got a bank account yeah. going. I started about five months ago for <laughs> Brisbane 20. I'm not even kidding. Uh, money I, know goes in, I know you're not kidding. Money goes into it every week. <laughs> um, but if there was a way for the duration of the games for me to go and see the Olympic flame, I would be really, really grateful for that. So I, I don't mind if there is if the replica cauldron or even if they just have a community cauldron or something somewhere that just people can go and see during the duration of a games, I don't have an issue with that. But I I do think the main cauldron should be in the stadium. This brings me to the point I was thinking about, and I've actually thought about it a lot over 20-something years since Sydney, and I, I don't know, I've never mentioned it on this show, and I'm keen to get your guys' opinion on it, how do you feel about the idea of you've got your main main cauldron in the stadium, like we said, um, and that that is the cauldron for whatever events are in that Olympic precinct. So just using Sydney as an example, your aquatic center, um, the baseball stadium baseball stadium, there. basketball, gymnastics, archery was there. Yeah, like yeah. anything sort of in that that Olympic precinct area. Like you you could walk past the yeah, main hockey, stadium. Hockey and tennis was there. Yeah, and yeah. see the cauldron. You yeah. could see the flame. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the idea of there being a another like a say a community cauldron just for the sake of argument at every Olympic venue? that's not within the Olympic precinct itself. So just say for argument's sake, again, using Sydney as an example, um, the rowing out at Penrith. Mm. So like when you, when you arrive at the rowing, like the main entrance or whatever, there is just a little community cauldron burning there. So you as an Olympic spectator are watching an Olympic event and an Olympic event and the flame is burning at that venue or, you know, like Brisbane, for example, like, you know, the swimming and basketball stadium and stuff like they're not going to be near the main stadium, mm. but you imagine being a spectator, you're walking into the venue and there's the Olympic flame burning out the front, just like a, a miniature little mm. cauldron, 
just for the just while the events are on, not for the whole sixteen days or whatever. Again, as a spectator, if I couldn't afford to go to one of the ceremonies or the athletics, I think I'd really like that being mm. able to go. I'm going to the I'm going to the mm. basketball today, mm. and I get there, and it's like, oh my god, there's the Olympic flame. Yeah, like, how do you guys feel about that? Does that does that break the tradition too much or do you like the idea of the the flame burning in some aspect at every olympic venue with that isn't within the confines of the olympic precinct itself um i i wouldn't be against that either i mean specifically when you think of brisbane i mean there's going to be events up in at the sunshine coast you know they're going to have some sailing events up there i think the triathlon's going to be Mm -hmm. up there um, they're going to have some rugby, yeah, and they're going to have some basketball matches up there. So, mm-hmm. also too for the athletes to have an Olympic flame up there because there, exactly there's you know the Sunshine Coast and Brisbane are a distance apart. Gold Coast, Toowoomba, and yeah, and it means that everyone who in the Sunshine Coast area and you know, might only come down that far to see those events, they will get to see the flame there. You know, and also could there's going to be like a mini athletes village there. So. Yep. So, for example, the sailors, they might not even come into Maine, Brisbane. Mm-hmm. They would probably just stay in the athlete's village yeah. that's going to be there on the Sunshine Coast. So, you know, if they had a, a flame there, you know, that would be in, probably be inspirational for and them. And that's the thing now, too, moving forward, like Brisbane really being the first one, but they're wanting to give it to regions as opposed to complete city, like just to, sorry, to one city. Um, yeah, of like... Again, you know, I, it, it's that fine line. Like, I'm a traditionalist. I want that big cauldron in the stadium. Mm. But I, the more I think about it, I'm kind of like, I, I, for the athletes, for the spectators, like they're being just that, even just like that size of the community cauldron, just something little at the venue, I think would be maybe a, a, a cool yeah, idea. I, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be against it at all. I'm keen to hear what Andrew thinks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, um, Well, he doesn't. uh, He doesn't care uh, about the sport, though. No, (laughs) no, he he doesn't. He doesn't care about the sport. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm not keen on the idea. There's always one in the room. (laughs) There's always one in the room, and I'm proud to be that one. Uh, Um. I think having more than one cauldron at all kind of cheapens the whole concept. And I start. get that. I do get that. Because I, I do feel the same. I honestly do. Um, also, I, it, it's a concept that actually sounds familiar. I'm trying to think. I'm pretty sure there was a Winter Games that actually did that, that had... Um, I thought there might have been, like, in the 60s in like, or 70s or like something. resort or something. No, it's not more recently, actually. Okay. I can't think of who it was. Um, but anyway, um, back, back to... Um, uh, we were talking about uh, Sydney with the cauldron there and, and how it's nice to be at for the... Um, you know, the general public to be able to see the flame if they can't um, attend the games. Um, when, when I think back to how we had it in Sydney, first of all, we had the luxury of having um, most of the van- venues so compact. So mm. if you were going to see um, 
badminton, <laughs> you you were going to see the Olympic full dream um, outside the stadium. Yeah. But um, uh, the the thing with the Sydney Cauldron is it was a big uh, a big cauldron that was high mm-hmm. up top of the, the stadium. And I can remember seeing the cauldron from miles and miles and miles away, nowhere near Olympic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, my, my brother's friend, you could see it from his backyard. That, that is the power of That's having awesome. a, a really big cauldron up high is that you actually can see it mm. from outside the Olympic Park in many places. Right. Yep. Um, plus, also the whole idea. Like you, you mentioned, it'd be nice to be able to maybe take photos um, of, of the flame if you if you couldn't go to the um, games. First of all, that's what the torch relay. Torch relay. For. Yeah. I look. I know. I know. It's not a perfect idea. <laughs> and secondly, that's kind of look, we kind of that's kind of what the Olympic rings on the harbour bridge was that was that had that extra special that's true too i guess yeah you could go and enjoy so i mean i can understand if a city isn't going to have the equivalent of um the olympic rings on the harbour bridge um but maybe they should (laughs) yeah maybe they should have that sort of thing or that i think most do now like it's usually something like i mean london had the the rings on was it the tower bridge yeah. Uh yes. And Tokyo, like Tokyo and, had know, the big rings in the on the barge on the, the yeah. water. I, I imagine Brisbane will have something on the river. I think they'll stick some on the story bridge, to be honest. Yeah, they'll do something. But I think with Brisbane, if if we're going along the lines with um the way the cauldron keeps getting diminished, I think we're gonna have a candle at every venue by the time <laughs> we get to Brisbane. <laughs> A little ma- a, a match. Yeah. And knowing <laughs> yeah. knowing Australians, they'll probably want to go over and try and blow it out at every opportunity. Yeah. They'll fart on it <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. Light a fart with it. Yeah. That's the Australian way. <laughs> but yeah, look, I, and, and that's that's the thing. That's why I wanted to sort of discuss it because I, I, I completely agree with Andrew as well. Like, again, kind of like I'm on the fence with it because mm. part of me as a spectator would love it, but then the traditionalist in me, and that I mean, that's... That's why I actually, I really liked the Athens flame and cauldron. Like I loved for a start how it was part of the architecture. Oh, that was I really cool. It's still there. Yeah. Exactly how it was. And they could still use it in, in 20 years time. I assume. Yeah. They would host. Well, most of those venues are still there. Let's be honest. <laughs> they're not doing anything and they're in ruins, ruins but, yeah. but they're I still there. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, could you, like, that thing would have been able to be seen for miles. Like, I do like, and that's that's the thing, going back to the traditionalist in me, I do like the idea of an Olympic flame on a stadium being very large and, and like Barcelona as well, like, and acting like a beacon during the, the 16 days of the games. Mm. And Brisbane would actually be ideal for that because people who don't know the city, like where the main stadium is, it's not in a secluded area. 
it's very much it's very close to the CBD. Mm. Um, it's quite close to residential areas. Like it, it's it's not in the middle of nowhere. So mm. you put a big ass cauldron on top of the Gabba, you're going to be able to see that mm. for quite a distance. But then the other side of the argument is, and like you said, Trent. With them wanting to give it, and this is the other thing, Andrew, like with them wanting to give it to regions and not just a city. Yes. Should should there be the again the main one at the stadium that 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 never changes the main one and it's a big cauldron that goes on the roof or just outside the stadium, kind of like how Sochi was, and it's there. You know, it's it's mm. the main cauldron, but. Mm. How would you feel about like one or two satellite cauldrons mm. I, in the other regions I because just, they aren't actually in the main city? Yeah, I just I can't. think Brisbane's different. Yeah, yeah. and it um be, because it's the whole regional games thing. I, I can see that being <laughs> in my mind acceptable. Um, <laughs> That, that you would have multiple. I'll let I'll let the I'll let the premier know. Andrew's ticked off on that. Yeah. That's he signed off on that one. <laughs> he thinks that's acceptable. <laughs> yes, but well, I, I would like to see the uh, the plants first, actually. Yeah, I, <laughs> wouldn't I, we all? <laughs> I just yeah, and I just I just can't not I can't see there not being a flame up there on the Sunshine Coast and the Gold Coast and the Gold Coast, yeah. particularly when you're going to have athletes that are not going, probably yeah. not going to be in Brisbane whatsoever. Particularly, as I said, particularly the sailors, mm. you know, the the triathletes will come to do their event. They have, you know, their their gender triathletes. Then now they'll do the mixed relay, but they pr- won't have a need to come to Brisbane to train. No, all the trains going to be there, so they'll probably. Fly, you know, international triathletes will fly into Brisbane and then go straight up to the Sunshine Coast to the Athletes Village and to train yeah. up there. So they, you know, they might come down for the opening ceremony, or it depends where triathlons placed. I mean, in Sydney, it was the very first event. Mm. Uh, it made its debut in Sydney. It was the very first event on Saturday morning. Was the women's triathlon? Yeah, it's usually later in the games now. Yeah, in Tokyo, it was put into the second, middle. Yeah, it's usually that middle weekend or the early second week. Yeah, they did the gender ones first, and then three days later, mm. they did the mixed triathlon. Yeah. Um, but as I said, yeah, like then there's going to be sailors, and you know the sailing starts very early as well because you have so many races to get through with so many fleets. So some of those sailors probably wouldn't even come to Brisbane for the opening ceremony. So yeah. I, I and I said like with it being regional, I can't not see there being some corner some kind of subsidiary flame yeah. in a cauldron up there. And a I mean yeah. it's obvious with Paris for the sake of the opening ceremony, like the main cauldron's got to be somewhere in the C B D or like in that precinct where where the opening ceremony is going to take place. Um They'll stick, they'll stick it in the Louvre next to Mona Lisa. <laughs> I just hope well, then... Hold on, hold on. Who, who says we need a cauldron? We don't even need a stadium. <laughs> well, last night proved we don't need a cauldron. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, there is part of me that's just like, are they going to have the flame on top of the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not discounting that, you know. Um, but, like, I do hope that they put something in the main stadium... For, yeah, I mean for Brisbane. No, for for Paris. Paris. Um, all joking aside, I think it's going to be un, uh, unlikely that we will see larger flames 
again mm-hmm. um, because of the whole um, helping the environment narrative that they all want to go for now, um, even though you know one cauldron isn't going to make a huge difference in the long run. Um, I, I'd say it'd be very surprising if we did get large cauldrons again. And I think something tiny like what we saw in Beijing would look very strange on the Eiffel Tower somewhere. So mm. it, if, if I was to guess, I'd probably say it'd probably be something small in front of the tower. But I don't know. Yeah, and I don't think there's going to be a city that will want to be that city that goes back to a big cauldron, burning all you know, fossil fuels, all that gas, and then be criticised across the world but for surely, bringing like, back a giant cauldron. It's 2022. Like, isn't there got? It's, there's got to be some way <laughs> of just keeping a flame going for a projection. Sp- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for for you know for 16 days, that's not going to chew up. Thousands of liters of gas. Maybe by the time we get to Brisbane, there'll be you know a bogan in the Queen Street Mall holding up a cigarette lighter, and that's your flame. <laughs> now just take it in turns of of finding. Or will people. it be one of those things where like they it's all done for show? Like they put the torch to something, and then one of those um, pieces of cloth with a fan underneath it, and the flickering lights oh, yeah. <laughs> make it look like a <laughs> make it look like a fire. I don't know. I just yeah, they're they're. I just it needs to be a big culture in the it's, stadium. It does, yeah, yeah. And I said, now have have what we've seen in Tokyo and Beijing here. It's going to be interesting to see what Paris will do, where their flame will be burning, how many there will be, and you know, is that going to be the precedent now for okay, so using all that, future games? Using the smaller smaller flames as the model moving forward. Can there at least still be a friggin' cauldron? Can it not just be a torch holder no. from last night? Because that, I'm sorry, it's unacceptable. <laughs> it really is. It's not. It's not a cauldron, and it's not really. I mean, it's the. It's a flame. It's, it's, it's a flame. It's not the flame. It's just. It's, yeah. It's, it's sitting. It's a candle in a cup holder. Mm. I'm still. I'm still. To this day, just amazed that like no one has ever like the cauldron has never been in the shape of the rings. Like the closest we've ever had was like I said, the little mechanism that the flame travelled up to light the cauldron in LA. But mm. like I've, I've just the fact that the cauldron itself has never been like a brass or whatever like Olympic rings with the rings burning. I, the fact that no one's ever done that just blows my mind because it's right no, there. I used to like, think about that and thought that it was probably the um, the IOC, like marketing people saying, no, we don't want that. We don't want what basically our logo to be the cauldron or, mm. um, or, uh, you know, constantly up in flames all the time. I guess, yeah. But, um, but <laughs> having said that, cue Johnny Cash, really burning, burning ring of fire. <laughs> what uh, was that, Andrew? Sorry. As I said, um, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised um, any, at them approving just about anything these days. I mean, they approved last night, for example. Mm. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> but then again, that, that would actually be a large flame. So we probably won't see that. Yeah. 
I'm just I'm sorry, but like a garden lantern <laughs> shouldn't be shouldn't be bigger, or a fire pit in someone's backyard shouldn't be bigger than I mean, the Olympic like flame. Is more spectacular. <laughs> it is. It is. You're not wrong. I yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think that's looking at the reaction from across the world. That's the one sticking point that a lot of people just didn't like about the opening ceremony. And it was the what the moment, mm. I think, which was right in there going, huh? It's like with a question mark, that's the flame. That's the cauldron. Is there more? Where's yeah. it going to go now? I'm like, even you cannot like something like. Particularly that there's no events in that stadium. No, no like, like, so there's not going to be any athletes, you know, being, just the opening and closing. Being there inspired in their 100 metres mm. to buy the flame, it's... I mean, the closer you're going to get is the ice cube just outside. Yeah. But, yeah, there's particularly there's no athletes inside that stadium, so... Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the thing for Winter Olympics anyway, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly... I guess like, maybe... you shouldn't get ma- to the end of, a, of an Olympic ceremony and, you know... I, for me personally, I cannot like something they've done, like... I hated the cauldron and the way it was lit in Torino. Hated it. But even though I didn't like it, I wasn't left wanting at the end of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, that's a choice I don't really like at all. Has it gone up further in your books now after last night? (laughs) It has, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So has Rio, so has Tokyo. Um, You know, they have certainly gone up further in my books because they actually lit something. Um, (laughs) But I, yeah, I I I like the actual um, torch more than the the cauldron. I suppose what cauldron? <laughs> yeah, well, what they're calling a yeah. cauldron. Like, I don't mind the torch. The torch design is really pretty. It's yeah. lovely. Yeah, it looks like a giant, like a big Twizzler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still nice. Like, 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 that's all you'll be looking at for the next two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Because the torch is bigger than the... Hey, like, even on my big-ass TV that is... The couch is quite close to. You've almost got to, like, squint, squint and get up to close to the... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is that... Get out the magnifying glass. Yeah. I did <laughs> notice, though, that Australia's um, snowflake was prominently towards the centre oh, there. so it could be, that. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could definitely... You could definitely see that Australia was well-positioned. I tell you what, for a, a, a quote-unquote yeah. cauldron that is made up of individual articles representing each each country, London has gone to the top of that list. <laughs> and I hate that London culture. And I thought yes, it was I know. ugly <laughs> as. And I didn't like the way it burned. I hated how small it was. I just, ugh. But it's certainly gone up. Um, in you know, I wonder if each country will get to keep their little snowflake, like yeah. like how each country took their petal home yeah, that's from I wonder, London. Yeah, I wonder where the um, Australian one would. It's probably a doorstop up. at John Coates's house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I know the ones that didn't boycott. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think I think we've made our feelings pretty clear <laughs> when it comes to the Olympic flame and cauldron. And last night was not one. <laughs> <laughs> so, but look, hey, that's it's in the record books now. Like this. Yep. Yep. One more thing about the cauldron is um, what what it reminded me of, where where it was uh, just suddenly floating and swinging in the air, um, which was really strange in and of itself. Um, it reminded me of the 
farewelling the mascots in Moscow, in Barcelona. And I, I thought for a moment we were going to farewell the flame before the games had even started. <laughs> I was just going to take off and thought, oh, no, probably not the balloon, so probably not I mean... It looks like a strong breeze is just going to blow it out. Oh, yeah, that's exactly And they're in right. negative temperatures. <laughs> like, or you, you get a kid that's wandered off somewhere <laughs> and, just, and just walks up and goes, oh, mummy, flame. <laughs> and out it goes. Like How a many times day. do these torches go out anyway during the relays? Yeah, I heard it. They went out a few times. But, um, There's a few people locked away for that, I can imagine, <laughs> never to be seen again. Probably in the same room as okay. Peng Shui. Yeah. In the same room as Peng Shui. Well... I think we've we've certainly put the slide rule across <laughs> across the events of last night. Um, like I said, look for me personally. Um, before I let you guys sort of wrap up your thoughts, I overall I liked it. Um, it's just for, um, unfortunately the finale and the flame because that's what people remember. You, do, I mean, that's what you remember from an Olympic ceremony. You just do. Um, it's just going to bring it down so much. And as someone who yesterday, while I was working, rewatched the Salt Lake opening ceremony, rewatched the Vancouver opening ceremony, um, obviously nowhere near as much as Andrew, but like I will rewatch Olympic opening ceremonies any day of the week if mm. the mood strikes me. Mm. This is one I, I don't know if I, I might put on highlights on YouTube mm. sometimes, but like. I don't think I'd sit through this one again mm. just because what have I got to look forward, forward to? to? Like, yeah. I haven't got that. Yeah, the big moment. No, and I do. Like, I'm someone like, when you hear that, you know, Madame's and Monsieur's La Flamme Olympique, like torturing French, but like, you know, when you when you hear that announcement in the stadium, it's programmed in me since 1996. Mm. I get shivers and it's like here we go like what are we in for like who's going to light it how's it going to be done like these are the moments you know that that will i'll remember forever and another thing i just wanted to point out too i i messaged this to a friend last night we were chatting about it it's a tradition i think you know this train it's a tradition for me the morning after an opening ceremony it has been since athens since camera phones were a thing in athens I actually took a photo of the screen um I will find a really nice image of of the cauldron for that ga- for those ga- these games, and I will make that my phone background mm. for the duration of the games. Mm. And I'll oh, yeah, I've seen that on your and phone. after this closing ceremony, mm. I change it. Mm. I don't keep it. Like, it's mm. a weird thing, but it's just like mm. it's just a little my way of having having the Olympic flame with me during the duration of the games. It's like your own personal cauldron. Yes. Yes. I have no urge to do that for these games. I mean, I would probably because say to you, why have you got a picture of a Christmas decoration <laughs> on your phone? Well, I mean, look, honestly, it's, it's even January, dude. Torino February. And, and, and London and, um, you know, like Rio cauldrons that I haven't liked, I've still had them on my phone and I've still liked having them on there. If I were to put that on my phone for the next 16 days every time I look at my phone which is a lot it's gonna shit me <laughs> it's just gonna annoy the hell out of me so I'm I'm not gonna do it. I might put the logo or something I don't know I do want to put something Olympic on there just maybe it go for the logo but it won't be the the flame which 
and me being such a like a stickler for tradition, that really speaks volumes because yeah. I won't be doing it. Yeah. But again, look, I overall I did like it. It's just really unfortunate that the the flame moment drags it down so much. Mm. Andrew, what what did you think? Um, I, sort of wrapping I up. pretty much agree. Um, you you were saying that you probably won't ever really watch it much again except skim through highlights. Um, yeah, that, I'm probably the same, and that's saying something. I mean, I watch Nagano, for goodness sake. And uh, overall, I, I think it was pretty amazing ceremony um it, it was a bit strange how it started um with spring at the winter olympics but that was more to do with um it being the chinese um new year and and that i think was marking like the first day of spring or something um you know which is obviously a little foreign to us a foreign concept um but i i loved um I love near the start where they had the the lettering for spring in in the in fireworks, and it kind of reminded me of um, what Sydney's been doing in, in recent um, New Year's Eves. They they start off the display with Sydney across the bridge like that. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, overall, um, great production stuff, especially the. Um, all the projections, I think, as you said, Brendan, it's probably the best projection we've ever seen in a ceremony. Mm. Um, um, ov- overall, it was lacking something. It, it felt like they took the cultural aspect out of it and kind of just sprinkled cultural things throughout everything else um there was something else i was going to mention um let me think the parade of nations felt very much like sochi with the classical music and the way that they were coming out from the center but from from, how do you describe yeah, from from not not the center of the field, but you know what I mean. From yeah, they weren't entering from an side. end; it was from one of the sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that was very Sochi, and um, I think I mentioned this to you guys last night that I kept forgetting we were in the bird's nest. It didn't feel like that same venue in two thousand and eight, and I'm I'm glad. It wasn't the 2008 ceremonies rehashed or yeah. anything like that over and over again, and I wasn't expecting it to be like that either. Um, I was quite curious um, to see how it was going to be and how different it was going to be. So I was pleasantly su- surprised there, especially seeing it was actually the same guy who put it on. Um, but uh, yeah, it it was. It was kind of lacking, and I know I've gone on about the cauldron a lot, but that just keeps that. That is that that one thought thing that I uh, that just keeps coming back, and will probably always keep coming back every time I think about it. And 
ceremony. If I can but, put words in your mouth, it's that it shits you to tears. <laughs> How eloquently. <put laughs> Trent. But, uh, yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, overall, no, no, I was, I was wrapping up. Overall, okay. Trent, what do you think? Um, I think it's all been said, really, and I can't add anything. I'm just, you know, I'm just looking forward to the sport now. Yeah, I think I know Andrew's not. He'll switch off for two weeks until <laughs> Sunday in a fortnight. Yeah. Um. But like you know, I think Australia is in a really great place to have a really successful games. Like mm. as far as results go, it's not the biggest team we've sent, but it's probably one of the most uh, ones where we can be the most competitive. Mm. There's a lot of athletes there that can find themselves on the podium. And you know, Australia's average, you know, three medals. I think the last is it. Four, three Is it games. The moguls, we're currently yeah, after well, I mean, the first run. We're ranked yeah, first. Jakara like... Anthony, who's a world champion and the World Cup leader, she's world number three. But um, she yeah qualified in first position, which means she goes straight into the final. And mm. then they'll have their second qualification runs today. The men's moguls final is. Uh, today, mm-hmm. um, Matt Graham, who was the silver medalist um, from Pyeongchang, unfortunately he ran off course in his qualifying, but he gets another chance today in the second run. Mm-hmm. So that you have 10 from the first run, they would qualify directly, and then another 10 will go through today that didn't make it the first time. Mm-hmm. So, but And, you know, he's um, the, the current goal, uh, Crystal Globe leader and the world champion because Michael Kingsbury didn't attend that one. But, you know, we've got Laura Peel, who's like, you know, world number one in aerials at the moment. You've got a lot of snowboarders. Um, there's lots of games making their Olympic debuts. This, um, this uh, Sorry, a lot of sports making their Olympic debuts. And also, you know, our mixed curling team. <laughs> I feel I've really never watched curling so intently as I have the last 48 I, hours, but we've just been dudded every time losing I've, by one point. I feel so sorry for them because they're a great team. As I've said to you, you know, they came fourth at the 2019 World Championships and Australia... They weren't aiming to be Australia, these games. Yeah. They were aiming for 2026. Yeah, and you know, Australia's not a, a big win, winter games well, country. Well, no, we're not. And, um, you know... These guys may in the top ten countries in the world, and we don't uh, we don't have a curling. They don't even have a, a curling rink in Australia. There's no. not one that's these guys. They go to New Zealand to train. Yeah. So, um, but I think Australia, you know, we could come out with you know four or five medals, which would be a record. You know, I said that, that it's the most women that we've had, and Australia's represented in in most of all the new sports as well. So. Yeah. No, it's it for me viewing the sports at a Winter Olympics is it's really fun, but I watch them more out. Not curiosity is not the right word. Um, I mean, I watch them because I want to watch them. I mean, I I don't don't know these sports like I do the sports in the summer games. You can't turn on wide world of sports and see moguls. They're not going to. They're not going to show moguls. They're not going to show aerials. They're not going to show curling. You can catch some ice hockey on Foxtel, but that's of no interest to Australia because we've never sent an ice hockey team and I don't mm. think that we ever will. No. But the sports that Australia has got good athletes in, that's what I think Channel 7 will focus on big time. Yeah, and it, it is one of those things though. Like the big sports for the for the summer games, you know, yes, there's that big focus every four years, every two if you count the Commonwealth Games, but like... You know, I I still have a fair idea of what's happening in the world of swimming and like definitely like your basketball and whatever else. Like you you hear about them all the time. 
Whereas the winter sports, it is literally once every four years for two mm. weeks and then mm. that's it in mm. this country because we're not a winter nation. And mm. it it is funny, like, you know, for any American listeners, you, like, you, I know a lot of America's had like blizzard conditions the last couple of days and snow days and things, you know, schools have been cancelled and everything else. Here in Brisbane, it's been so hot. Like it's been 36 degrees for most of this week, which I think transferred to Fahrenheit's I think it's around 96 97 mm. for for our American listeners and stuff so and that's not including humidity mm. like and that's always what it's like in the winter games like we're watching these snowy sports sitting at home just sweating our rings out yeah <laughs> because it's so hot sitting on them and sweating on yeah. them yeah um and I mean you know, it's kind of the reverse for for the summer games because it is in our winter but it's mm. not it's it doesn't get as cold here as it does hot. Mm. Um, uh, I'll be really interested to see the the ratings and the support that mm. you know the Australian team and and the Olympics gets here because a lot of people are working from home at the moment. You know they're not going into that. I think it's going to be an advantage. And and it's in our it's you know in prime time viewing. For well, I mean, I mean, and I, mean that's I know thing. Pyeongchang was as well in our time zone. There was a little bit of a difference there, but also everyone was at work during the day, whereas here, people, there's more Australians working from home than not. Well, that's a prime example. Like, I'll take two weeks off for the summer games because Mm. it's just all I I can focus on for that two weeks. The winter games, I'm into them, but I don't take time off work for it. No, I never Um, have And I mean, a lot of that's usually to do with time zone because what's the point? Yeah. But, you know, when Pyeongchang was on, um, if I wasn't at work, I had them on. Um, you know, I'm, I've been working from home for two years mm. and with curling the last couple of days and like I've had my tablet next to my two computer screens watching the curling and mm. you can guarantee for the next two weeks while I'm working from home, I'll have my tablet right up next mm. to me with the winter games. Like mm. I'll probably watch more of these games than I have any in the past Yes, yeah, yeah. for that very fact that it's, right. it's closer to our time zone. And I'm working from home, so I'll mm. be able to watch it a hell of a lot more. Yeah, and there's and a genuine interest in a lot of the athletes that are competing because I, because th- I think there's a so lot. Of- we've we've lost Andrew. We're yeah. talking sport. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's gone very sorry, quiet. And, sorry, he's probably Andrew. hung up. <laughs> do, you, do you have anything to sorry, say about the sport? The, the sport that lies ahead for the two weeks. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm just going to press the hang up button on him now, anyway. <laughs> But yeah, no, I so yeah, that it is it is, you know, it's an exciting time. I've got the lounge room decorated like I did for 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 Tokyo mm. and you know, I, I do I've got my Olympic shirts all ready to go mm. for the next couple of weeks. Like I'm into it, but it is it is a, a very different experience to mm. to the summer games. But that's that's the fun of the winter games, I guess. That's right. Yeah. And it's funny too, like you think about Olympic movies, they're nearly all winter based. Like they all are. the big they're yeah. all Olympic winter games. Yeah. So I watched Eddie the Eagle Eddie the other the Eagle, night yep. in preparation. I yep. love that movie. <laughs> anyway. It's probably because um, the Winter Olympics are generally more popular in the US. Yeah, true. And the other thing with the Winter Games too, I, I mean, aside from maybe curling, I can't think of a sport where there's not an element of death. Like, they're genuine, <laughs> yes. like, like, even ice skating and stuff, yep. like... You're going you can get at, serious injuries yeah. at ice skating, and I've always been freaked out by the blades on They're so ice, sharp. On oh yeah, on ice. Yeah, I uh, the other week I met someone who who was like an, a, a figure skater, and I saw some of um 
the cuts on his arms and legs and like going, they're genuine scars. Mm. And he said, this is when someone's, you know, someone, I was lifting up my partner and her, her, uh, a boot ran, blade ran across my arm and, and a giant cut, you know, scars on there. So it's like no. everything's dangerous except it for It is, curling. except for curling. But, you know, you drop one of those, you could take someone out with one of those rocks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it takes some lifting, but you could do it. <laughs> But look, I think I think that might be where we'll uh, where we'll leave this Andrew's episode hoping because he's like, oh, we're talking sport. <laughs> but look, uh, Andrew, I hope you wrap this up quick because I've got to get back to the curling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, thanks for joining us again. Um, it, it's an absolute pleasure as always, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk again in the future, and uh, we might we might even run the slide all over the closing and see how they extinguish the flame. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yeah. A strong breeze would do it, yeah. but but anyway. Fire extinguisher. <laughs> and mate, Trent, thank you as always. No um, worries. For, thank you. Good luck. My... To, you're welcome. Good luck to all the athletes competing over the next few weeks. Yes. Yeah. Australia in these the winter games, I forgot to mention too. Is Australia is obviously my priority, but Canada. I go yes. for Canada hardcore in the Olymp- in yeah. the Winter Olympics. I, I love yeah. cheering on Canada. I think that's when Canada. That's the one time they get to peer above us on a on a medal tally at a major sporting. Yeah, <laughs> the only time. But uh, look, listeners, thank you obviously for for, for joining us again and, and tuning in. Um, you can obviously find us um, on our website, which is sittingonourrings.podbean.com. Um, keep an eye on social media as well and where you get your podcast you will find us but <laughs> I feel weird saying it this time around in particular until next time keep that really really small Olympic flame shining <laughs>